What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey, and I'm excited to have you guys here today. Once again, incredible episode lined up, as always. And uh, before we get into that, go check out uh, my website, natebailey.org, for more information on all the previous podcast episodes that we've had, over 250 Championship Leadership Podcasts as we speak, some of the different uh, programs, my Championship Leadership 24-hour experience, the ULW Unleash the Leader Within experience that I have, as well as blog posts and, and a, my free audiobook, like lots of resources to help you to take life to the next level to become that championship leader. So please go check us out there, natebailey.org. And then as always, I uh, want to introduce you to our guest today, Samuel Smith, incredible uh, man, incredible story, had a great time with him today, went a little bit over time just because the conversation uh, seemed to flow and kind of got lost in the conversation. So you always know it's a good one uh, uh, when that happens. He's out of Texas. He grew up in a in a small town or small village in northern uh, UK, and um, but he's been in the U.S. for over 20 years, multi-serial entrepreneur, many different uh, uh, experiences, was a musician, uh, drummer at a very high level, still, still loves to play music. And uh, it was just a, it was a, it was a fun story, fun, fun conversation today. So I know you're going to have a blast to listen. So Without any further ado, let's get you to the small business surgeon himself, Samuel Smith. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And we got Samuel Smith out of Texas currently. And uh, I know you guys have been dealing with some crazy wicked weather down there for, for, <laughs> for Texas. I live in Minnesota, so that's like a that's just an average day around here. But dude, it's been crazy. It's been doing, crazy. Man? man, I'm great, dude. Thank you for having me on, mate. It's great to uh, it's great to chat with you again, man. Dude, the weather last week, for those of you that, that don't know, we don't we don't get that cold in Texas. Yeah. I've been I've been here 20 years and uh, it has never, ever, ever been that cold. So like we lost like pipes inside of buildings. Uh, we don't yeah. have the same same building codes as you guys did. Right. And, uh, 
man, it just, uh, and then a week later, it's 80 degrees. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It, it 80 yesterday. It's just absolutely wow. insane. So yeah, we, we're all good though. Um, you know, I had some clients with issues and stuff, but um, I, I didn't in any of my buildings. Uh, everything was okay. We didn't lose power at the office. So yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, it, it was a good week, a productive week, got a lot done. And uh, we ended up uh, just riding around in the truck, uh, handing out water and, and food to people without power. So it was, uh, uh, it was all right. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's cool. You guys did that. So yeah, for, for those of you listening, this is in, uh, what is it? February, 2021. So there's yeah. the, 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 probably be a time to be remembered for a long time in Texas, but, uh, yeah. It was and cold, yeah. And else going on. So real quick, first question I like to ask everybody is championship leadership's the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? And it, it's really about, I think, the, uh, the, the, the top guys leading the top guys. Um, the, the further up I go and the more I change the group of people that I hang out with, the more I get around guys like you, the better I do. And the, the five people you spend most of your time with generally average out to the, the person you become. And in following guys like yourself, following mentors that put out products like uh, championship leadership it enables me to be around a higher quality of individual and slowly transform myself into the kind of guy that i want to become that's what it means to me yeah yeah i love that that's great what's uh well let's let's talk a little bit more about you for for the listeners that uh aren't familiar with who sam and smith is you said you've uh You've been in Texas a little over 20 years now, and uh, but you don't have a Texas accent, that's for sure. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> Nate, so I grew up. Yeah, let us know who you are. I grew up in Northern England, uh, a little village about 150 people, and um, you know, I uh, I was always a, a hustler, always a business owner. Uh, even you know, as far back as 12 years old, I had the paper route in the village. Um, I had the uh, had the milk route in the village at 13. And, you know, I started selling stuff uh, to kids at school, started selling candy and vending machines. And I just always saw opportunity. And uh, in coming to America at 19, uh, I, I had a record contract. I was a professional musician. Uh, actually, I was a drummer, so I hung around with musicians. Okay. Um, but in doing that, America just seemed like there was so much more opportunity laying around on the ground, ready to be picked up. And... Um, you know, that's what I did. I started at a very early age. I think I was 23 or 24 when I bought my first flip house. Um, I, I found a course at Goodwill on how to flip properties. And, uh, at Goodwill? Yeah. So, that's man, awesome. I, was, <laughs> I love it. There, there was a, a guy on, on late night infomercials. You What's the name it? of the guy? Uh, Carlton Sheets. Okay. You remember that dude? He was an I, old I, guy. Yeah. And, buy my system for how to buy real estate with no money down. And I'd sit there at night and I'd daydream about this. Man, he's rich. That's how I get rich, man. I can buy houses with no money down. And really, you call the number and it was like a thousand dollars. Might as well have been a million dollars. Right. Yeah, I, I used to um, have a, a construction company. I grew up in construction. So the first thing I did when I got to Texas was, uh, you know, as well as playing music, I supplemented my income with a construction company. And um, I couldn't see sense in buying new clothes. So I would just buy work clothes from Goodwill because it, sure. it was cheap. And I was in Goodwill one day and this course was right there on the shelf, brand new, vacuum sealed still in its, uh, oh. in its box. And um, yeah, I bought, it, I bought it for $10. And like three months later, I bought my first house with no money down. 
and uh, that, that's that's kind of where the uh, that's kind so of you actually story. did buy a house for no money down i did it was forty two thousand dollars um and it, it was a probate the guy um the guy had inherited it from his dad and uh, it wasn't in saleable condition he couldn't resell it and um, it was just a burden on him. He was having to pay the taxes on it. He was having to pay to keep it up. And um, he, he gave me the house. And I signed a six-month balloon note on it. And uh, I put in a ton of work, I think. And I, I sold it for about $68,000. And to me, earning $7 an hour, $7.25 an hour, whatever it was as a kid, that was just life-changing money at the time. Yeah. And then so I started, I started flipping houses. And then that led to... Uh, that led to an opportunity in uh, in the title side of the business, and I ended up getting into oil and gas law from there and growing from there. So uh, I've had a uh, multitude of careers, but the last time I had a regular W two job, man, I was 20, 24 years old, and now yeah. I'm uh, I'm forty, <laughs> still going at the entrepreneur thing, man. Yeah. Well, what do you do? What do you do today? What do you so, do today? Uh, yeah, so I built um, I built a couple of seven figure businesses. Um, the first one I had a car dealership, um, and again it was a real estate deal. I bought a derelict car dealership, and I was just intending to flip it. And then I had a little wild hair, and no, what could possibly go wrong? So I was <laughs> power, and uh, I got a, a dealer's license, and uh, we ended up being like the uh, the highest rated independent car dealership in Texas. Uh, for wow. Google, Google reviews and all that stuff. We, we were selling between 20 and 30 cars a month. Um, but, you know, we were in that 10 to $20,000 price range, whatever. And um, I could never get the profit margins over about 5 or 6%. And it really, it just wasn't enough to, to and obviously I didn't know as much about business then as I did now, uh, but it, it wasn't enough to make it worthwhile. You know, we're doing uh, 2 and $3 million years and, and I'm, I'm looking down and I'm making just over six figures. I'm like, this isn't, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. And so I sold that and I parlayed the, the money from that, uh, you know, into uh, online marketing and learning how to do internet marketing. And um, I built a, a supplement company with subscription services and uh, with repeat clients, all this other good stuff. And it was going great. That was, uh, that was me retiring at 36. Yeah. And, um, I managed to uh, I managed to be a very poor steward of that dude. I got buried in uh, in alcohol and easy money, and it came out. You know, we're making forty fifty thousand dollars a month each, and I've got two business partners. So you know, we're really creaming it, doing great. And I I was not a good steward of that money, dude. I spent it. I traveled around all over the place. I went to the parties. I went to the conferences. I did everything that the, the first time successful business owner does, and you think you're supposed to do. And um, by spending about oh, a good year and a half of my life drunk most days, and uh, I obviously lost control of the company and lost uh, control of the money. And we ended up with a, a lot of credit card fraud on the network. And the uh, processes took away our ability to process credit cards and find us uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was a huge, huge wake-up call uh, for me. But that's, that's where experience comes from, man. And yeah. you know, I've got uh, I've got a few things in the works rebuilding on the uh, on the supplement side of the business now. You know, that's where I learn about traffic funnels. It's where I learn about landing pages. It's where I learn about email marketing, follow up, and building building dream clients out. It's I learned all about that. And then uh, you know, we had three and a half thousand customers on monthly subscription. I wasn't short of money. I could I could do whatever I wanted. And now I know that's there. 
You know, yeah. I know it's right. there. I know it can be it can be done again. So, um, you know, now I do uh, I do have a couple of uh, software companies that I'm building. Again, they take about sixty to eighty thousand dollars each to build more. So I'm just uh, I'm funneling money away from my real estate company into those, and then I've started really just podcasting and sharing my journey and helping other small business owners avoid the pitfalls I made. Uh, not only, you know, you've got to make money in the beginning and you've got to understand the marketing side and then the sales side and then the delivery side, but also, you know, what to do with that money when it comes in and don't be the guy going to the pub. And um, yeah. honestly, by surrounding myself with guys like you, that's how I've learned to do it. And, yeah. um, you know, because before, um, and it's all back to group, it's all back to before all my business partners, they like to drink. You know, mm-hmm. my business partners were the ones that introduced me to, to smoking weed. Uh, at 30, 32 years old, I, I never smoked weed. And I got in with the, the, the group of guys that I, I wanted to uh, emulate. I thought they were successful guys. And they made money. But boy, you know, when, uh, when it went down, we all went down. And none of them had alternate streams of income. And none of them had uh, any kind of health, fitness about them. And none of them were real guys that I would want my kids to look up to and to become. Yeah. So the most important thing for me in this evolution is to become a man that, that my two boys can look up to and go, wow, I really want to be like my dad. It's really yeah. somebody that I aspire to be like. How old are your boys? Um, my oldest is nine and my youngest is seven. So yeah, they're, okay. just, um, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're at that great age, man. Yeah, They've already got... They've already got their own plans for their own businesses. They're already rebelling awesome. in school because they. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love it. Being a dad has been the, the the best thing I've ever done in my life, and it, it really enabled me to focus on the fact that it's not about me so much as about the people around me, people I surround myself with, and the people that look up to me, and and it's about giving and inspiring the next generation of people that are coming up behind us. Uh, you know, so I want to do as good a job as I can for me, but I want to turn around and help those guys coming up avoid the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. So no more music for you? All done hmm. with the music? No, I still play music. Um, it's, it's my love. It's my passion. Yeah. Um, it is not my career. <laughs> yeah. No, I love music. Um, I, I still um, I play drums. I'm a... Uh, uh, a house drummer at a local music venue. So here in, okay. uh, in College Station, when we get a touring band come through or an artist come through that, that needs a drummer, or, or um, I play a piano bar session uh, every Friday okay. and do that, and it's it's great fun. Um, but I came to a point in my in my career. I was uh, mid twenties, and um, I've been playing drums professionally. I played my first show when I was twelve. Um, I started working in residencies with with bands when I was 15. I completely crashed high school because I wanted to play drums. Uh, I played drums for like the county band, all the school bands, all that stuff. It was, mm-hmm. it was all I ever did. And so at 19, when I got an like, uh, opportunity to come to Texas and tour with a, a, a real band that was on the radio, of course I went and did it. Yeah, who was that? Uh, they were a band called Hard Lucy out of uh, Arlington. And uh, okay. the uh, yeah, they're, they're still around, but uh, it didn't it didn't work out long term for us. And mm-hmm. you know, just one of those things. I played with a couple of other uh, artists here, and then you know, by my mid twenties, I was forced with we we had actually started a production company. Uh, we were making uh, music. Most most 
full-fledged professional shows, you know, with the lights and the smoke machines and, and all that stuff. A lot of them play to studio recorded stuff. Um, you know, they'll have 50% live music and 50% of it will be sample tracks. And because there's just no way to put on a fully produced show unless you've got like eight musicians. So we had a company, we, we started putting out the, uh, the tracks for other bands and we did pretty well with it. But I came to a point where it's like, do you want to live on a couch, go on tour, live on a tour bus and be this, this musician over and over and over? Or, you know, I've been offered a, uh, I deal with a, a legal company. I've been taking classes in real estate law and uh, oil and gas title, and I've been offered a job with those guys. And uh, it was my first job. I was 24, 25. It was a contract with these guys, 1099, have my own business. And uh, I contracted out at like, uh, I think it was like $175 a day at the time. And, um, you know, three years later in that, I was 27 years old. It was my first six figure year in business. And, there's no way you can go back to being a drummer after that, man, you know? Yeah, right. No doubt. No so, doubt. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. This It's just it's interesting to, to hear those stories. So um, as we get back maybe into the conversation of leadership where we were, you know, you're yeah. talking a lot about, you know, just surrounding yourself with a different group of people to help you really kind of grow and get to the place you want to in life. Um you know, who are maybe some of those championship leaders, coaches, or mentors that you've had in your life along, along this path. And that's kind of oh, helped yeah. you to get where you, where you yeah, are today. I'll happily share that, man. Um, you know, so. And not just who, but like, you know, what, what is it? What is it about them? What are some of the characteristics that really stand out? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, the who, I mean, that changes from year to year um, with, with cycles. I mean, the best money I ever spent on myself was coaching. And mm -hmm. it was finding guys that have been through the, the process before me. You know, I, uh, I discovered the Tom Ferry real estate stuff when I first started out in real estate. Yeah. And I found that extremely helpful. Before that, there was Joe Burdick, who some mm -hmm. of you may or may not have heard of, but he is one of the, uh, one of the top car selling uh, sales guys, and I read all of Joe Verde's stuff, and um, the, the the training program I'm part of now, and how I, how I know you and met you, is through uh, is through Apex, and you know I look to guys like Thomas Keenan, and uh, guys like Jeff uh, and uh, and Chris Whitehead and mm -hmm. Ryan Stuman especially, and what I like about the way they look is their honesty. Uh, I like their openness. Uh, I like the fact that when it boils down to it, we're all pretty much the same. Um, we all want the same things. Uh, the, the biggest difference between us is the discipline and the will to commit in small sections over time, over and over again, to commit to getting to and achieving that kind of goal. And those are the guys that I look at as leaders because every single day that in there in the trenches and when when you're not where you want to be when you're at the bottom of the ladder maybe a couple of runs in looking up and looking at the guys at the top um you see them as superhumans you see them as like you know it's like superman in his cape and it's like that's unachievable i can't touch that and through leadership and through mentorship, you begin to understand that they're not superhumans they're normal yeah, people right. that have committed to be in super and they've committed to doing these small steps every single day over time. 
And it's, it's really a cumulative process. And I would not have got that without their coaching and without understanding that it, it's one thing and another thing and another thing repeated yeah. consistently over time that get you to the top. And that's what I love about the group I'm a part of now is every single one of them's had a problem with weight or with alcohol or with drugs or even in some cases with jail. They've all been down that entrepreneur road. They've all experienced the ups and downs. Everybody's been completely broke. Everybody's had six figures in the bank and everybody's been completely broke again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, ask uh, Thomas Keenan when he crashed his first business and wound up $80,000 in debt. Or Ryan when he got the, the felony for the thing that wasn't his and wound up in jail. You know, yeah. every single one of us has been up, like me, with six, seven figures in the bank and, and completely broke alcoholic. You know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, lead, the leadership is the sharing. Um, yeah. Those guys, they inspire me. You inspire me. I mean, how how you can just like get up and go run like you do. I mean, just, <laughs> just amazing. Um, it, it's like every single one of us has had the same fight. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling, just know that we've all struggled. And uh, it does get better. You just got to keep going. Yeah, that's uh, it's almost a guarantee, right? I mean, along the way... You know, for a long time, I think the goal was maybe to get to a point where you didn't struggle anymore. And then you, some <laughs> some point I realized like, no, that's actually uh, it's uh, how do I prepare myself uh, for when the struggles come so that I can actually like just you just know that they're going to happen. You expect yes, them and now you're prepared to handle it powerfully moving forward. I think that's actually the, the point, the purpose to everything we do in, in this life. But so. it's admitting that and getting comfortable with that fact now. It's like learning to fight. When you learn to fight, you spend about six months. Every time you get hit in the face, you turn away. And you have to understand that you're going to get punched in the face. You're yeah. an entrepreneur. Right. You're your own man. You are going to get hit in the face. Life is going to hit you in the face. And it's understanding that that hit is coming and being able to hit back. And uh, I said, it took me about six months of boxing, getting, getting yeah. smacked in the face yeah. before I knew it was coming. <laughs> Yeah, and, um, I love it. That, that's a huge thing for, for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to rain. You, you just got to have your umbrella. Yeah, ready for exactly. It. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so what's uh, what's the big vision for you? Uh, championship leaders that they have huge vision, and oftentimes it's it's one that other people just can't see and think you're crazy for. But what's what's that vision, and kind of what's the impact that you want to make? Man, um, my, you know, having my, the courage to take action. My vision has changed so much during Apex. You know, before I got into this, my vision was money. It really was. Um, and it was making money. Um, you know, I always wanted to make enough money to be able to just swipe my debit card for whatever I wanted. Okay. But fundamentally, there's always been something in me that's been a teacher and that's wanted to give. And I have had the, uh, the goal of, of having a charity for, for many years for disadvantaged kids. I just had no real way to know how to get there. And through Apex and through the coaching programs, you know, I sell real estate. I own a real estate company and I always wanted to build a big real estate business. Um, I sell media and I own a media company and I always wanted to build a big media business. But now I'm much more in tune with who I am, owing to the fact that I've had the coaching and I've got the mentors helping me out. And what I really want to do is give. And so my vision for what I'm doing is to take my experiences and give them back through podcasting and through 
books and through writing and give them to people that actually need them and help other business owners overcome the struggles that I've gone through. You know, help guys get sober, help people with their finances and help people avoid the mistakes that I've made. So my vision for the future is, uh, is actually to sell my real estate company and uh, to sell my media company and to dedicate as much time as possible as I can to, uh, to helping other entrepreneurs learn and grow. That's really what I want to do in my life. Awesome. That's a big vision. I love it. What's, um, are you sober? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's what it's all man. It'll be four years in June. Yeah. Okay. And I got a tip on sobriety. If you don't mind me sharing it. Yeah, please. So I didn't realize quite how deep I'd gone down the hole of, of being an alcoholic. You never do when you're, you're in the middle of it. Um, and my, my, we, we had just been, and I, I've told this story a couple of times now that we had just been, over to England, my little sister was mar- uh, getting married, and you know, like the wedding where everybody's drinking, and we'd spent two weeks pre wedding it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the, the last night there, I sat up with my dad, I, I was drinking whiskey with dad and everything else, and you know, drunk, glassy eyed. There wasn't a single picture of me from that trip. I didn't really have glassy eyes. And um, this was right, right, right after my supplement company collapsed, like weeks mm-hmm. after it. And uh, I was hugging my mom goodbye. Uh, as we were leaving, it was 5.15 in the morning. And, and she's still on her tiptoes. She's not that tall, my mom. She, she whispered in my ear. She said, sort your fucking life out. And, <laughs> yeah. It. Well, he, hearing that as a, as a, as a, as a man. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it didn't feel yeah. good to hear from your mom, but probably what so, you needed to hear, right? Yeah, and I got a bit angry, to be honest. I'm like, it's yeah, like, sure. fucking life. You know, I, was, I was pretty angry. Uh, I got on the plane, and I remember thinking, I'm getting double jack and coke and the the hostess came around and I was like, you know what, let me just get a coke. And um, I got home that night back to Texas and I didn't have a drink. I just went to bed. I wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. And the, the next day I woke up with no hangover. I'm like, this is, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> and I thought, well, maybe I just won't have a drink today. Maybe I'll just, just relax a little bit, just not have a drink. And um, that led to two days, that led to three days, that led to four days. And obviously then the withdrawals started to kick in and being stubborn. I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to see how long I can go. I wonder if I can make it 10 days without a drink. You got to understand, like there wasn't a weekend from being 17 years old where I had not had a drink, like yeah. not, not necessarily been drunk, but not had a drink. Yeah. So I quit drinking one day at a time. I never said I'm not going to drink again. And I, I may, I may drink again. I always say, you know what? I can handle it. I have a drink. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've tried alcohol a couple of times since, and it's made me very, very, very sick. And so I just, and I don't mean like I've got drunk. I mean, I've tried a few sips and it sure. immediately, I, I re, my body reacts to it in a negative way, which is maybe nature's way of telling me, hey, stay sober. Yeah. But for those of you out there struggling to, to quit drinking, um, don't, don't sign up to quit. Sign yeah. up to, 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 hey, I'm not going to have a drink today. And that's how I do it. And it's, it, I still say that some days I have a rough day and I'm like, man, I would love, I would love to pound back some scotch with the cigar. I would love to just unwind. I'd love to just make it drink and go away. But at the end of the day, you know, I promised myself, Hey, I said, I said, I wasn't going to drink today. So maybe I'll have a drink tomorrow. And then yeah. you don't love do that, that one day at a time. That's how it worked for me. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's huge. I know a lot of people, it's a big thing for, so, um, it, it, it yeah. was a it was a real struggle to quit. It wasn't easy, but 
man, you know, you're facing two choices. And you, you're at the point where, you know, you go into a different liquor store every couple of days and buy more liquor so they don't recognize you and you, oh, he's in here every mm. day. No, you know, bounce between five or six different liquor stores and see just look like a normal normal yeah. person and you don't realize you've got a problem with it any guys out there that are, are struggling just try not drinking for one day and then try not drinking for two days and you know it's like winning the week if you, yeah. if you don't drink for four days out in a week and you drink for three when you still want you know just yeah. give it up one day at a time it yeah. really is uh it, it was either that or i'm just not going to be around for my kids graduating high school i didn't want mm-hmm. that you know right so, Sorry to get so deep on you, man. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. It is. And it's, uh, you know, someone will hear this and, and hopefully that'll help change your life. So I love that's it. My, Thank you. That's my purpose now is yeah. literally just helping other entrepreneurs through what I've been through. And, um, you know, I understand how to run supplement companies. So there's obviously going to be a couple of those ticking over in the background. And that's how we're going to get paid. But the majority of my time, I want to go to podcasting and to serve other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's at for me. Yeah, absolutely. One question I'd like to ask, and you know, we maybe we've already talked about a few of these, but uh, what's like a, a we could go back to a kind of that turning point or critical moment in your life, kind of that crossroads, right? Fork in the road where you either got to go right or left. And yeah, um, you know, obviously you made the decision that you did that has you where you are today, but had you not, had you gone right instead of left, um, your life would look extremely different way different like is there a yeah. moment in time that kind of comes to mind for you you could share with the listeners no not a specific moment um really i i wish i engaged in coaching before now um, mm-hmm. i wish i'd surrounded myself with guys like you 10 years ago and the specific moment is obviously the, the failure of my supplement company and how that failed was due to the fact that I didn't have anybody telling me no. All right. So I'm, I'm clearing 40 or 50 grand a month, every month. That in my mind was fucking money. I could do whatever I wanted. It just was never going to run out. And I had nobody to tell me no uh, during my success, which ultimately led to my failure. And, you know, it wasn't a specific turning point. It was the fact that I was drunk every day. It was the fact that the bar was open at 11 o'clock in the morning. And, I was only able to work a couple of hours and I really wasn't paying attention. I wasn't being a good mentor. And for me, what would have fixed that was what I'm doing now, being part of programs where I'm in touch with guys that are, you know, not seven-figure business owners, but eight and nine, even in some cases, 10-figure businesses. And those are the kind of guys that can look at you and say, hey, pump the brakes, dude. Hey, you're not doing this right. Hey, you need to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. And, you know, nobody likes numbers. Like most entrepreneurs that I meet are, are the visionaries. You know, we have yeah. visionaries and then we have integrators and then we have number guys. And, um, you know, most visionaries don't like the numbers. They want to know, hey, there's money coming in. Great. But other than that, they don't like the numbers. And what I get out of it is pay more attention to the numbers and surround yourself with guys that are further along than you that can help you on this journey. And they honestly, Paying for coaching and investing in myself has been the best money I've ever spent. Yeah. And my, my big regret is that I didn't understand the power of that when I was making the money I made. Making money is easy, dude. Making money yeah. is an art form. Keeping yeah. money. Yeah. Keeping money is the science. Uh, yeah. 
I, I want to spend more time surrounding myself with guys like you, with guys out of the Apex program that are, are way further along than me that, yeah. that can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. When, uh, when, so when is the, the first real time that you can see yourself other than the, uh, the unopened uh, real estate course package that you bought at Goodwill, which kind of counts, <laughs> but uh, someone invested in that and, they, and then they didn't even use it. But uh, yeah, you know, when's the first real time that, that you made that investment for yourself? Um, probably. So I was, I was selling real estate um, in 2017 and I was getting okay results, but I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And um, mid 2018, I was just tired of, looking at the bottom of my checking account and tired of looking at a tiny little spreadsheet with very few people on it. And I said, I need some proper real estate training. And I spent, that was the first time I dropped, I think about $3,000 uh, on the Tom Ferry system. And I got a one-on-one -on -one coach in real estate to help me understand the nuances of how to sell real estate by organics, basically. That was the first real time I invested in myself. Uh, to put it in perspective, uh, 2018, I cleared $241,000 in gross commission income. And was, I think, in the fourth quarter, I was like the number four REMAX agent in the state before oh, wow. quarter 2018 from coaching. Yeah. Um, coaching. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I, I moved into commercial real estate. I spent a year, I, I left residential and went to commercial. I spent a year doing that. And I wasn't really particularly happy. And it was the end of that year in commercial real estate that I, uh, I discovered and started listening to Ryan. And uh, I joined Apex. It's been about a year since I joined Apex. Mm -hmm. And I went from wearing a blazer and wearing a shirt, slacks, and putting out stuff about who I thought people wanted to be. And I just went to be insane. And my business just exploded. Um, people resonate with who I am and not who I think they want, they want me to be. They, uh, I, I, my uniform is hoodies, uh, it's t-shirts, it's tattoos, and um, I'm blunt, and I'm honest, and I sell more real estate than I've ever sold. And it's all from jumping in with the right group of guys and learning and, and coaching. And boy, <laughs> dude, I'm 40 years old. I didn't pay for a coach when I was 37. And yeah. I keep wondering what would have happened had I paid for a coach when I was 30 or 20 uh, or whatever. And so if, if you're young and you're listening to this, I know it's scary. Man, but that first Tom Ferry coaching, it was on my credit card. It was money I couldn't afford. It was money I didn't have yeah. really to spare. But if you're in any doubt, you're on the fence, man. Just just get in with the right group, get coaching, and, and let Because people that are further along than you, I, I, I find joy, Nate. I find joy in, in turning around and sitting down and having coffee with, with, with somebody that is struggling. And I find joy in watching that light go on. And what mm -hmm. the guys that are struggling don't realize is the guys that are further along than them, we enjoy it. It, it makes us tick. It, it makes us happy uh, to help. So don't be afraid to reach out and get coaching. And don't, don't be afraid to sign up for it, man. These guys live for yeah. it. They really yeah. did. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that as well. Hey, um, no problem, let's start, wrap this up with a, yes, sir. kind of a final question here. If, if there were one or two things that you could give to the listeners that if they were to implement today, it would help move their life forward today. What would that be? Oh, without a doubt, uh, don't be afraid to get coaching. Yeah, um, get a coach. Get a coach. Understand that we're all like you, every single one of us. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter how far along we are, we've all been there. Um, we're all like you. And understand that. And then thirdly, understand that we all want to help because when we 
when we look at you, we see ourselves in you, and we know the pain that you're going through, and we know the struggle that it is. So understand that with other people want to help. Don't be afraid to get coaching. Don't be afraid to relate to these guys, and don't be afraid to reach out to us. You know, yeah. th- those yeah. are the three things I give. But boy, Nate, if I could go back in time and, and start being coached ten years ago, what I'd give for that. So you guys out there that are, that are ten years younger than me and thinking about it, just go do it, please. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being here. What's uh, what are a few ways we can connect? That obviously, I know you got the podcast, and yes, sir. And, uh, anything else where where our listeners can follow you, mate? It's been my absolute on? pleasure to be here, man. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon, or obviously find me on iTunes at the Small Business Surgeon. And uh, you know, I'm all over Facebook. Just look under that moniker; it will be there. But man, Nate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, my friend. I hope that we have a a long and fruitful relationship together, man. It's been uh, it's been really good getting to know you. Absolutely, brother. Same here. Have a great day. All right, my friend. Take care. Thanks, guys. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, babe.